Morning. Thank you for joining us for Going Deeper. Yep, glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Another week down, <laughs> moving through Ephesians. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Happy Mother's Day to all you mums out there. Yes, happy Mother's Day to you and thank to you. all the mums. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for your message this morning, taking us through the first part of Ephesians 3. Yep. There's some pretty um, strong themes in there. You brought it, brought it all together yeah. nicely this morning. Um, but the thing about Ephesians is that it keeps outlining the inheritance and the promises we are to receive if we are in Christ. Yeah. Do you think we underestimate the bigness of, of all of that? Yes, um, and I don't know if I could explain why we underestimate it or what it actually is, but what I do know is that as we read through Ephesians, and particularly up to the point we got to today in the middle of chapter 3, um, Paul keeps highlighting, um, particularly to the Gentile church, that the promises they have in Christ are the same as the promises that the Jewish nation has in Christ um, and they are beyond our wildest expectations. Like, like we actually, we inherit the earth and everything in it and maybe even stuff beyond that. Um, what does that mean in, in practicality? I, I don't know. I don't think I can get my head around that. But you know, if, if, if God would come now into the world and say to every one of us, um, the, the world is now yours, you, you are the ruler, you are the rightful owner, you are the heir, everything in the world, everything that is created, everything that exists is yours to enjoy. I don't know what we would do with that. Um, I don't know how That's we big. could comprehend that. Yeah. You know, I own a, well, I don't even own it, the bank owns it. You know, I've got a house <laughs> on 600 square metres of land and a few things inside it. Like, that's the extent of what my experience is in in having, you know, ownership and and dominion over something. And so the whole world, it's just... Slightly bigger. Yeah, slightly bigger. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to being there and experiencing and seeing what, what that actually looks like in reality. Yeah. 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 And we'll, and we'll share it together. It's good. <laughs> with, with everyone yeah, else with as well. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so unity is um is a massive theme, yeah. and you just mentioned then that um, Jews and Gentiles are invited into that into all the kingdom yeah, of God together. together. Yep, yep. And um, why is unity? Why does it keep coming up? Why is it so important? Yeah, I, I think. I think it reflects the nature of God is probably the simplest answer. Um, God, God is unified in himself, Father, Son, and Spirit. And um, in, in that unity, um, we see God's nature and character. That, that's exemplified again, I think, in marriage. Uh, a man, a woman, and the Holy Spirit. So we have three as one again. Um, and then God paints this picture of the church being one. So it's his body, um, it's the one spirit in all the believers that unites the church. So um, unity, I think, in, in a macro sort of picture is just, it's a really good expression of what God's character is like. And so his church needs to reflect his character, and his character is one of, of unity, and he actually calls us into that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> There's a fair bit in that, and, and I think you know the more we read in Scripture, particularly in Paul's writings, he, he just you know spells that out pretty clearly. Our thing now is to live into that. 
Um, to actually have that picture and vision and do what we can to maintain and live into that unity. Yeah, I liked it. I think you said, like, lift our vision about what the church actually is. Yeah. Yeah, that was was good. Um, So you did something that we don't usually do. Yeah. And you you brought up angels and demons. Now, that's not something we really talk about, but let's stuff. How can the church demonstrate to all the spiritual beings the wisdom and power of God? What's going on there? Yeah, that, that threw me when I got to that part yeah. and I didn't know what to do with it and I ha- I'd never thought about it. Um, but there's a few things, a few strands sort of come together. One is that strand of, of the place human beings have in the created order as God's... We're, we're the only creation in all of creation that is um, said to be made in the image of God. And so there's something special about human beings and, and human beings um, brought from brokenness and distance from God into relationship with God um, through God's goodness and grace and everything Jesus has done. The picture of that, from what I understand this scripture, is that even spiritual beings, angels and demons, can look at that and be blown away by God's goodness, by God's plan, um, but understand that God's heart for humanity is so strong that that we become um, we become a witness even to spiritual beings as to God's character. Now, I probably would have always thought any spiritual being would know God really well yeah. Uh, yeah. and would know God's character really well, um, but that last verse that we unpacked today about we now have access to God and we can come with confidence and boldness, um, I don't know if that exists for most of the spiritual beings in the way that it now does for us through Christ. So it, it was a spin-out that, that there's something we could do as humans in the church unified that would even speak to spiritual beings and teach spiritual beings more about God. Yeah. Like that... that I couldn't. Have, that was a spin out. I've never yeah. thought about that till this morning. And, but and I want to sit in that a bit more. I actually want to look into that a bit more and just see what what is actually going on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Let me know. Okay. <laughs> Where you land? Yeah, because as as I did mention, there was a, a verse out of one Peter, and there's a verse in one Corinthians two, um, two as well. Maybe not one Corinthians two. It might have been one Corinthians one or one Corinthians three. Um, <laughs> Where, again, it talks about how angels long to look into the things of God through the church. And so I'd never seen that before, but once, once my attention was drawn to it, those threads start to exist. And there is this picture through the New Testament of, of the effect the church has even on the spiritual world. Yeah, well, yeah. To, to sort of have a, a revelation that we are... Uh, I don't know, closer to God than an angel. Yeah, yeah. Is just... That was part of the spin out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, so you just touched on this just then, but um, you read the passage about how we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Yeah, yeah. How that and, is significant. And I think, yeah, yeah, and it ties into everything I think we've just said. So the fact that um, we inherit with Jesus, we're co-heirs with Christ, of all things. So, Christ has absolute access to God the Father because they are one. 
And so if we are in Christ, then we have that same access. That's, that's a spin out because I think it's easy for us to think God is distant. God is far off. Yeah. God is not overly interested in me as an individual. I think a lot of people can have that picture. But to have this picture that, no, we have such, such open access to God the Father, um, access that a lot of angels don't even have, and so that's where that ties in again. Um, again, is just a, a spin out. So all I can think of when I, when you read Revelation you, and you see that final vision of the new earth and the new Jerusalem, and it's a city where the gates are, uh, are opened to all people at all time. It's just this eternal picture of um, we can be with God, uh, and there's nothing stopping that. Spiritual powers, or or whatever. So it's a pretty pretty major thing. It's crazy, hey. Yeah, it is. And the significance of that in grasping that as as a as a believer, yeah, um, would just change, just change the way we do everything. It's got to change, particularly our prayer life. I think prayer that life, we can yeah. come to God in prayer in a way that is completely welcomed and open. Now, I don't know about you, but if, if there's something going on in my world that's not great, I, my first response is often, well, I, I can't pray. God won't want me to pray or God won't want to hear from me because, you know, this is not good. Um, but that's, that's not it at all. Yeah. So we need to get over ourselves a little bit, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yep. And we need to be, come boldly and confidently. Yeah, and take God at his word that yep. we can do that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Hmm. Well, thank you. That's Okay. Um, if you um, want to use this in, in your home groups this week, I think that would be great just to create some of this discussion um, around some of those things, around the idea of the, the goodness and the inheritance we have in Christ, um, some good discussion around how the church can influence the spirit world. I think that would be something to, to get your teeth into. Um, but even that unity, the, the need for unity in the church really good things to unpack um, in home group this week so hopefully you can do that and yeah thanks karen for being with us hey thank you thank you and we'll catch you all next time see See you then